Spooky, a horror podcast with me, Miss Dark and Spooky, aka The Girl Next Door. Today's episode, we're going to be going back into some stories. Are we ready? Consciously all the time. A stranger at a bar told me the secret. Exactly a week from now, he drawled, you're scheduled to meet death, so you better change up your appearance to avoid him. Seeing my puzzled look, he continued, death, the old Burke, is like a Walmart shopper with a shopping list. When he can't find a specific product on the shelf, he'll take the next best thing. You get me? I don't remember what the stranger looked like and dismissed his words as drunken ramblings. Yet before one week passed, I decided to get a makeover just for the hell of it. I had my hair cut shorter and dyed a bright pink, dressed differently and even more thicker makeup. Exactly one week after I met the stranger, my twin sister died in a car crash. When it happened, I was in denial and told myself that it was merely a coincidence. But the stranger's words continued to linger in my head. After some time passed, I dressed differently again and wore glasses and a dark wig as I went about my days. Soon after, I saw a news flash about a woman who was killed in a homicide. Only a single photo of her was shown. She had a pink bob cut. <clears throat> Death is persistent. Since then, I always made sure that I looked like a different person every once in a while, even undergoing some cosmetic procedures. By fate or something else, news of the deaths of the women who looked similar to how I did before each big change always came to me. I felt guilty, but didn't want to die. I became obsessed with the idea of cheating death. By the time I reached my 60s, I stopped hearing news of the deaths of women who looked like I had. It was also during this time that I felt fulfilled with my life and decided that I wouldn't mind dying. I stopped changing my appearance, but death never came. I guess death had given up. When the Walmart shopper never finds the exact product on his shopping list after coming back many times, he figures that its production has been cut off and gives up searching. This wasn't an issue for me until I grew old and my body limited me to laying down until the fabrics of an old nursing home bed rubbed against my open sores. When my heart stopped beating and my lungs stopped breathing, I expected relief. But I was met with an empty void. I could see, hear and feel nothing, left to only my thoughts. I could only hope that death hadn't completely forgotten me.
Mummy, I don't like the new painting with all the eyes. It's scaring me. I laughed it off at first, thinking it was just due to her brain not being fully developed. But my heart dropped when I realised that the supposed painting was supposed to be a window. to buy it she told me everything apparently the house was cursed every person who lived in it had died exactly one year later to the day in gruesome ways too Samantha Riley had slipped on the stairs and broken her neck David Lee had gotten trapped in the basement and had a deadly asthma attack Rebecca Smith had fallen through the attic window 30 feet above ground yes I am sure I replied coolly but every single person who's lived here has died in this house exactly one year later on the anniversary of the sale. Even with this price, we haven't been able to sell the house. I understand. She was irritating me now. Didn't she get it by this point that I was buying the house because of the curse, not in spite of it? I briefly imagined her flopping down the stairs like poor Samantha Riley. At least that'll get her to shut up. You die on September 30th, 2024, she continued, her face grim. I know. Only one more year of life. I know. The house is cursed, don't you understand that? Yes. And then I did it. I lifted my hand and tugged at my hair. The wig slipped off easily, falling onto the table. She went white, her eyes wide her mouth open in a silent scream. I have three months to live, I said, gesturing to my bald head. Stage four breast cancer, it's gone everywhere. If the curse really works and I die exactly a year later, I'll be getting nine more months to live. She stared at me, mouth open. I picked a pen off the table and gave her a smile. I'm ready to sign. <laughs> repeatedly. The charges always change depending on what I do. The faint collection of conversations fill my ears as I sign, wondering how high the costs are this time round. Sorry for the wait, sir. I hope we see you again, she says with a smile as she sets down my receipt. Gender, male, years ordered, 70. Breakdown of charges. Years spent in school, minus 13. Minus four for college.
Time spent sleeping, 23. Average is 26, but you lost around three due to work, phone usage, drinking, parties and various activities leading to last sleep. Years on the phone and other electronics, 12. This includes phone calls, texts, social media, music streaming, movie and show streaming, work, video games, etc. Years spent working, 15. Averages 10.2 or 90,000 hours, but varies a lot. You spent many long hours outside and after work getting things done. Years spent married, eight. All time added up though, through five different marriages. Eight years split through four divorces and one spouse death. You spent five years alone after the death. Four children were remained with two different mothers. Discounts applied. Missed birthdays, missed events with the kids, times drunk, drug usage, etc. I fold the receipt in half and set it on the table. Better luck next time, I suppose. I spent all that time burnt out on a deadbeat. No time was set aside for my family or kids. I called our waiter over and gave him my new order. Perhaps a medieval time period destined to grow up as a prince will do some good. To make it spicier, I'll take 30 years of life before being overthrown and killed. At least being set up with a princess will be interesting. I'll just enjoy some coffee before I wake up in that new life. I have all of eternity anyway. A few tables over, a young couple in their 20s receive a cheque and summary of their life. Both are still in their wedding attire, still dazed by the car accident. Millions come and go within this expansive complex of tables and servants. All of you have been here before, and we'll all end up here in the end. to her nine times since then. I checked my watch once more, two minutes. I pulled up a chair next to the wall phone that my old house still had. I felt butterflies in my stomach which bothered me. I mean I'd done this so many times that you'd think I'd get used to it but I just couldn't. It just made me feel so uncomfortable. One minute. I glanced over the paper which was filled with questions that I had pre-written for this moment. I knew I wouldn't have long when it finally happened, so I was prepared. A lot of trial and error had brought me to where I was today, and I was not about to waste another year just waiting. Like, I don't know exactly why this happens, but I'm sure as hell going to make the most of it. 10 seconds. 10 seconds until I was able to speak with her once more. 10 seconds to the exact moment she had died, 10 years beforehand. Ten years since she was so cruelly taken from me from someone who had never brought to justice. I pulled out my phone and set a one minute timer. The wall phone began ringing. I started the timer and answered the phone. Ava, I said cautiously. It was important to begin the conversation slowly without pouring on too much information. I did not want a repeat of 2016. Mark? 
the voice on the other side said. Is, is that you? Where am I right now? Why is it so cold? It's all right, sweetie. You're okay, I said, trying to be soothing. I kept an eye on the clock and remaining conscious of the time, tried to keep the ball rolling. Oh, Ava, I have a question for you. Do you remember what happened just before now? I, um, I was walking by that lake near our house. Someone pushed me and I, and I fell in. That was good. Her memory seemed to be better this time round. Ava, I need you to do something for me. Can you tell me what colour the person's hoodie was? What? Just try it for me, please. It, it, it was blue, I think. Yeah, as I fell in, I remember seeing it. She paused for a moment. I, I don't remember getting out the lake. I have one more question, sweetie, I said, trying to distract her from that line of thought. Mark, am I dead? What's going on? Sighing, I reached for the pen and wrote, Killer wore blue hoodie. That information nailed it down to three suspects near the crime scene of her death. I figured all I needed was one more call with her to discern who her killer was. Where am I, Mark? She continued, her voice raising as she spoke. Say something, please. How did I get here? Why is it so cold? She started shrieking through the phone, yelling at me to explain what was happening to her. One more year. I hung up the phone. beyond imagination. The inheritance I would be getting would be extravagant, so I attended his birthday hoping to butter him up for a jackpot. His mansion was enormous. I entered a captivating dining hall. My great-grandpa sat at the head of the table with an expensive cake, candles aflame. When I sat down, I wished him a happy birthday. He blew out every candle like a hurricane gust, lively as ever. I've brought you here for a reason. He said, I have a gift for you. Perfect, I thought, the inheritance. Great grandpa smiled, but first I need to tell you my life story. I wasn't about to interrupt him. When I was 61 years old, I got mugged. The thief was young and brandishing a knife. He was so nervous he dropped the knife and I snatched it up. That's when I saw him. Great-grandpa seemed lost in thought as he pulled out a briefcase. He continued, It must have been a powerful, otherworldly spirit. This apparition shone golden. I tasted copper in my mouth, he told me. I offer you this deal. 
Every soul you take from this world, I will grant you 10 more years of life. Behold, you doubt me, but when you stick that knife in this miserable thug, you will feel life enter you and know I'm telling the absolute truth. Great Grandpa clicked the combination lock on the briefcase to open it. He was mugging me. I felt no shame in stabbing him. Sure as the apparition had said, I felt life enter me. I knew it was true. I was granted 10 more years of life. Old age was getting to my great grandpa. None of this fairy tale could be real. Since then, I have never gone 10 years without taking a life. He pulled the gun out of the briefcase. I'm not ready to die yet. Your grandparents and parents have already paid the price for my long life. The gift I promise you is the joy of knowing you have got me to 121. Before he could point the gun at me, I tasted copper in my mouth. A shimmering man appeared shining golden. Was he real? He spoke to me. I offer you this deal. Every soul you take from this world, I'll grant you 10 more years of life. My great grandfather's gun jammed. I didn't need to hear any more. I picked up the magnificent birthday cake and shoved it right in his face. I pressed and pressed until I heard him stop breathing, suffocating from the decadent frosting coating his lungs. He died and I felt the power of life enter my body. My great-grandpa was a fool. I'm planning to live to 500. assigned to Charlotte Dower has quit every last one. Her first monster, a giant goldfish-faced humanoid named Bubba, had been with her for four years and then she wasn't scared of him anymore. After that it was a string of different common, uncommon and rare monsters. I even assigned a sock monster to her. He came back crying. I looked on my tablet. Only one assignable monster left myself. Fieldwork has never been my cup of tea but desperate times call for desperate measures. So at 8.03pm after Mrs Gideon tucked in Charlotte and her little brother Daniel I slither into the space beneath Charlotte's bed. Across the room underneath Daniel's crib is a rookie, a standard creep kind of monster. I turn my attention to the bed above me. Charlotte is still awake but barely. I reach up over the bed and run an ice cold finger over her cheek. Silence. So I do it again. I'm not afraid of you, monster, she whispers, but her voice is shaking. I can see a small clock on the wall, 8.14. The door somewhere in the house slams and there is an audible hitch of breath from above me. A few minutes go by and I can hear Francis Gideon yelling at his wife. There are heavy footsteps on the stairs and loud panting breaths. Charlotte scrambles off the bed and... 
She curled right under the bed with me. Move over, she hisses at me. I do. The door to the bedroom slams open and I smell the stench of human intoxicants before the man even steps inside. I know why Charlotte isn't afraid of any of my monsters. She's afraid of her own. Francis reaches a hand under the bed and I thrust my wrist into it. He starts to pull. I slither out. What the? I cut Francis's next word off by unfolding to my full 12 foot height. Looming over the drunken man, I caress my cold fingers down his face. If you ever touch, scare or harm my child again, I will find you and I will do the same to you for all eternity. I promise to him. As Francis runs from the room, he soils himself. I pull Charlotte from under the bed, tuck her back under the covers and kiss her forehead. Good night. I'll be back tomorrow night. Sleep well, darling. Charlotte Dower is my child and I'm the monster under her bed. She fought me on it, but eventually agreed, and for 10 years I barely thought about her. Until social services knocked on my door. She was in a car accident. I was the only living relative of my son. I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago, and I didn't want him in the foster system, so I decided to take care of him. My son's name was Gabe. When he first came through my door, he looked ugly pale. Was he sick? How's it going, champ? You're my dad? I am. Mum said I didn't have a dad. Well, you do now. I got him settled in. I made him chicken nuggets and mashed potatoes. My best guess at what a kid will be excited to eat. No thanks, I'm not hungry, Gabe said. Oh, when you are then there's plenty in the fridge. I was sure to give him space. When he was hungry, he would eat. At breakfast the next morning, he said the same thing. No thanks, I'm not hungry. He was polite, but something was amiss. When I was his age, I was always hungry. As I walked into a school bus stop, I noticed a large bruise on his arm. Again, I brushed it off. Must have been rough housing. For weeks, this continued. He wouldn't eat anything. His cheekbones were starting to jut out. His paper skin highlighted new bruises randomly appearing day after day. Eventually, I was too concerned to ignore it. As his father, I had to get to the bottom of this. I flat out asked him what was going on. I lied. Lied about what? When I said mum told me I didn't have a dad. She talked about you all the time, how you abandoned her. How you never sent her any money, 
how you weren't man enough to raise your own child. Do you know how she died? A car crash. Sure. She was working another double, her third that week. She was so tired she fell asleep at the wheel. She wouldn't have worked so much if you sent us money, and now she's gone. The way I see it, you killed my mum, and that is why this is happening. With no hesitation, he sprinted full speed and leapt headfirst into the wall. I couldn't tell whether the crunch was his spine or the caved-in drywall, but he wasn't moving. There was a loud pounding on the front door. It was a social service agent with two police officers. Mr Smith, we've received a frightening phone call this morning. We have to check on Gabe to make sure he's safe. May we come in? The email is darkandspookybird13 at gmail.com. If you did like the episode, please don't forget to leave a review and rating on whatever platform you do listen to your podcasts. It does help me out and the pod as well, and I'd really appreciate it. You can also find me on social media on Facebook and Instagram, um, and that is dark underscore and underscore spooky 666. Come over there onto the Facebook and give me a star rating and a review over there and get involved with all the posts. That will just help uh, me out with the Facebook algorithm as well. Also, don't forget, we do have the book club coming 2024. Um, so if that is something that you are interested in, please don't hesitate to message me um, either via email or on the social media platforms. It's £6.66 a month. Um, we will meet over Google Meet where we all will read the same book um, and participate. So we will all read a little bit of each chapter, etc. Um, and basically give our thoughts of where we are at with the story and everything. I've got two books decided uh, for the first couple of months just to get us going. And then we can do polls so we can then decide or decide on what books we would want to do for months thereafter. So it's going to be up to three times a week, eight or ten English UK time. So just get in contact if that is something for you. All that's left to say, stay spooky and I'll see you on the next one.